All right, episode three at long last. Before I jump in, um, if you haven't already seen it, I did do a video which I called episode two and a half, where I basically statted up and talked about how I created Boren as a player hero. Um, previously, he was a companion, so he had very limited stats, and I went through and basically did some of the character life path generation stuff to make him into a full-blown player hero. If you haven't watched the video and don't really aren't really interested in watching that video, then the too-long-didn't-watch version of it effectively is that I've um, statted him up as a slightly more capable player hero than Finolf. This is to reflect the fact that um, Finolf found him as, a, ex as an experienced mercenary, effectively the most experienced um, kind of companion that he could find as a warrior. So he's a cut above a sort of starting player hero, as I would see it, and really I just gave him a few more experience points at character creation, um, and I had his uh, valor and wisdom starting off at one additional point. So he's got two for each, and the equivalent, um, you know, perks that go with that. So, let's jump into it. We left off with Boren and Finolf having arrived effectively one hex away from where this tower is. And I'm not going to do any more travel. The travel is basically sorted now, even though we're a hex away. Um, that is basically just going to reflect me having Boren creeping up onto the tower um, to see if he can find this missing messenger. And in the process, he's leaving Finolf behind. We've determined that they've found this, uh, this, like, this secure set of ruins where Finolf can kind of lay low. We've said that there's going to be a stream nearby, or I've said that there will be a stream nearby so that he can have water, maybe can catch some fish. Uh, the, the, horse, the two horses, or the horse and the pony, can um, also have fresh water and grass nearby, grazing, etc. Grazing inside the ruin, so they don't, like, it's very difficult for them to be spotted unless someone goes kind of in the ruin, is how I've seen it. So I'm giving Finolf the best possible chance of uh, surviving a number of days on his own while he's very badly injured uh, without, yeah, without Boren there to, to save him. So... Boren is going to be helping kind of get Finolf sorted. I'm going to say that they do this overnight, and in early in the morning at dawn, um, Boren is going to be creeping out of the ruin and trying relatively stealthily to make his way towards this tower. And the tower can be seen. We're, they, these are in some hills. These are in some of the foothills of the Blue Mountains and the southern range of the Blue Mountains. And because there's a lot of ruins here, I'm effectively thinking of it as quite a broken landscape. There are lots of kind of cliffs and jagged, um, yeah, jagged countryside, basically, jagged rocks, that sort of thing. Um, so it's, it's quite easy, I think, to creep along and kind of make your way relatively stealthily if you want to. It's also dawn, so I'm saying I wanted it to be dawn so that, um, or maybe even pre-dawn potentially, uh, so that he's got, or I should switch into first person maybe, so that I've got the best possible chance of creeping up onto the tower without being spotted. So there's lots going to be lots of shadows, the, the light's not going to be very good for scouting that sort of thing, unless you're potentially like an elf or maybe a dwarf. 
um, who are maybe a bit more used to seeing in the dark. Um, but all reports were that a band of human bandits had captured this mercenary. So, I, th I guess the first way to do this is to make a single, a single stealth roll to see how well I'm creeping along. And I might use the results of that to determine, um, you know, if I'm going to be doing like a, a scan roll or an awareness roll, I should say, or something along those lines from um, any potential scouts that, the, um, that anyone else who might want to try and find Boren might have. So heading into Foundry here, let's pull up Boren's stats. And stealth. He <laughs> um, I mean, his wits stat isn't very bad. It's 13 is the target number. Um, and But he's only got one point in stealth. Now, I guess the question is, do I have anything that I can use to, to give myself uh, some inspiration on this? And I guess secretive isn't really, isn't really the same thing. It's about hiding my intentions rather than being stealthy. Um, so he's secretive and willful. Um, Balin's counsel has to do with fighting, and Strider's only when you're traveling. And there is an argument to me that this is a kind of still in the traveling phase. But I've said that it, the traveling is done now, um, and that would be gaming the system a bit too much, I think. So I will probably roll with um, uh, spend a hope point on this, but it, I'm not going to be able to make it inspired. And because of the light, I think I'm going to make this also... I'm going to give myself a bonus die. Which is effectively making it inspired. <laughs> um, but I'm sneaking around when the light is not very good, and um, yeah, I'm kind of thinking that this is probably this is probably fairly realistic. I'm spending the point of hope. I get a bonus because it's the light's not very good. And the and the, um, the the landscape is also helping me out. So there could be an argument that I could give myself two, you know, one for the light, one for there being plenty of hiding spaces. Um, but again, I don't want to I don't want to kind of make it too easy on myself. Um, failure is always interesting. Uh, yeah. So we're gonna roll it like this. Let's make the roll. Hmm. Well, that's not good. And just to see what I rolled here. It's a failure. Um, okay. So my stealth roll has not gone as planned. That's basically he's he's stumbling around <laughs> in the ruins. Um, now, I'm not exactly sure how this is meant to be rolled, whether it's meant to be an opposed roll with awareness or not, but in the skills section of the rules, it does say that a failure on a stealth roll means that uh, you've been detected. So... It kind of seems to me like uh, awareness and stealth are only meant to be player-facing roles. They're not meant to be used opposed with um, opponents. So we're going to treat it like that. And um, that means basically he's making a lot of noise. The The light isn't very good. The, the Exactly the things that he was hoping that would help him out are kind of going against him. So rather than being super stealthy and sneaking along and using the terrain to his advantage, the terrain is kind of betraying him a little bit. There's lots of loose rubble that's kind of like making noise. Um, you know, he's tripping up a bit, that sort of thing. And um, we're going to say that's that's how he, that's what happens as he spends the, the sort of the dawn hour or so 
um, making his way across the landscape towards the tower. Now, I've done a little bit of setup for this. This is an actual. This is the adventure site from the back of the core rule book, um, and as such, I have put a lot of this into Foundry, and I've tried to do it in a way so that it is. Um, so I've tried not to spoil things too much for myself. I did a lot of copying and pasting and just sticking stuff in without really reading it. Um, but it is inevitable that I have kind of found out a little bit about how the adventure site works. Um, but I don't. I haven't read it all in detail, so there's there should still be some surprises in store for me. And I think this is kind of impossible to do if you're taking it like a a published adventure site, trying to roll it solo. Um, there, if it's not been written, which almost none of them are for solo play, then you kind of have to dissect it and you kind of have to read how it works um, either as you go or if you're prepping for it, um, like I'm doing here in Foundry, then you kind of you kind of find out a little bit about how the adventure site works in the process. Um, but I am happy to have done that. I'm happy to play it knowing a few things about it and um, I'll still be able to surprise myself, I'm sure. So... Um, what I'm going to do over in Foundry is I'm going to open up this bandit cave scene that I've prepared. And as you can see up here, I have this little um, token. It's actually a journal entry called the Star of the Mist. And if I double click on that, it brings up this journal entry. And effectively what I've done here, this is my kind of solo um, cheat sheet, if you will, for how this how this adventure runs. And it's full of links. Where did it go? There we go. It's full of links to other journal entries where I've basically copied and pasted a lot of things. So as you can see here, we've got the site introduction, approaching the site, locations in the site, um, schemes and trouble. So if I want to expand it, um, some information about the brigands, um, Sabian, treacherous dwarves, etc. So there's basically everything from that core rulebook I've put in here. And... Yeah, we'll just kind of see how it goes. These are also linked within the individual journal entries themselves. So um, I've not obtained any rumors about the site. Well, if I click on it, no, I haven't learned any rumors about it. <laughs> so I think um, the only thing to do here, I haven't done any research on it either. So the site introduction, I'm basically leaving this well alone. All I know is that there's this ruined tower. We know that there was a, um, a blue light that could be seen at the top of it. Um, which probably I would have seen last night, I guess. Um, but other than that, we haven't really done any any searching for rumors or anything. All that we know is that some bandits have um, captured a messenger and their trail has led us this direction. So as the site is being approached, let's open journey events. So I'm going to open this up. Once the company gets to Sarnford at sunset, they spot a faint luminescence to the west. Okay, we've done that. Find traces of the presence of a large band of brigands operating in the area. We kind of found some of that as well. Remnants of their camps. May even hear stories about them told. Okay, we haven't encountered any wanderers or anything. So we can we can say that we've seen some like um, some camps as we've been approaching. That's fine. If the players player heroes are not careful, the brigands may notice the company and send a group of fighters to ambush them when they camp. Okay, the camp is already sorted. I've kind of done that narratively without um, doing too much. If the players are careful enough, for example, by following the, their tracks and staying one step ahead of them, they may be able to avoid them and reach their encampment without having to face them before that. Okay. Um, 
I think the way I'm going to handle this is not to have been amb... Well, I'm making a lot of noise, so let's say I'm being ambushed by them. I think that's the way to play this, right? Um, I'm making a lot of noise as I'm going. They have some. They have maybe some scouts here or there, and that's what's going to happen. So I click on that link. The brigands. The band of brigands sheltering the west of Sarnford is a large company of ruthless men. Driven by necessity and greed, they waylay those few travelers they meet on the road and plunder the many ruins dotted the land, looking for treasure. They are careful to hide any proof of their misdeeds to avoid raising the attention of the rangers of the north. So far, their strategy is working. If the company is not careful, and the lore master deems it appropriate for the brigands to notice them, a group of bandits composed of one highway robber for each player hero, plus two or three footpads, tries to ambush them. <laughs> okay, right. So I'm going to make this easy on myself and my solo player. We're going to have one highway robber and two footpads. Um... <laughs> <laughs> all right so as this is before i get to the tower as i'm making my way towards the tower they've set an ambush for me i'm gonna be making an awareness roll we're gonna go straight into combat here and let's do this ambush so to do this i'm actually going to use um i want to save this this is actually at their camp which is at the base of the tower or near the tower um but what i will probably do just so i can have this thing kept there is use the corner of it for tokens and things because I need the tokens for rolling in foundry so let's open this up um, star of the mist I've got myself I'm in this of course and I'm going to instantly add myself to the combat tracker uh, we're gonna pull in one highway rubber and two brigands the brigands are footpads I think just have a look at their stats very quickly. Attribute level 4 and attribute level 2, I think, on these. Yeah, okay. So that's the right way to do this. Okay. So these guys are all in here. Okay, and to see how they're armed, um, let's go open their actor sheets here. Um, the highway robber has a bow and a spear. And the brigands have bows and cudgels. So I think it's probably worth saying that... Um, I'm on my own. So it's probably worth... They would probably do it so that they have two bowmen, one on either side, and they will attack me from behind with one melee character. That's probably the way they would try and handle this. Um, or they would try and just all shoot me. That's probably the safer option, is just to hide in the ruins, and as I'm going past, just try and shoot me all from range. So, <laughs> this is how the ambush is going to go. They're attacking me from range. They're all kind of split up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make them all split up to make this kind of a proper challenge here. See how well um, Boren does. And they're going to be there. Let's say that there's a, a, a place where there's kind of a narrow, a narrow way through some ruins. And it's, um, it's maybe hard to see. There's plenty of places for them to hide and like in some ruins kind of around where they are and it's very cramped quarters i'm saying it's cramped quarters because if i open up my character sheet again i'm giving myself a slight advantage um which is this uh durin's way my virtue and that's i've been taught how to best defend yourself while fighting underground as a result you know how to exploit exploit corners darkness and other natural obstacles to your advantage 
Add plus two to your parry rating while fighting underground or in otherwise cramped quarters like inside a building. So I think I'm going to go with this. There's a lot of there's a lot of obstacles in the way, lots of corners I can take advantage, that sort of thing. So it's it's giving them an it's giving them kind of the the perfect site for an ambush, but it's also giving me a bit of an um, a bit of an advantage here to to my defense, which I'm gonna need because this is three against one. Okay, so the way this works is. I I roll first to see if I'm ambushed or not, so I need to make an awareness roll, and um, I've got three points in awareness. My target number is eleven. This is one of my I'm, I'm very strong. I've got a seven, and my my stat is seven, which makes my target number eleven, and I've got three points in awareness. I'm I'm quite good at surviving ambushes, basically. Um, I should be anyway. Um, I'm not going to give myself, I'm not going to spend a point of hope. I'm not going to be giving myself a penalty or anything like this. I'm just going to make a straight up roll here um, and see how this goes. Okay, it went very well. And in fact, I've got a Tenwar rune on that as well. Um, so that's really good. It's a great success. And... So with that Tenwar rune, that great success, what I'm going to do is I'm going to spend that to build advantage. That's one of the options where I can carry forward my success to improve my position on a related task. And I can gain one dice on my next skill roll, which is going to be my next attack roll. So not only have I been aware of this, I'm using it to my advantage. So they don't get to make a free attack on me. We're going to do the opening volley round. Um, I'm going to make a um, they're going to have to beat my parry, which I'm going to use my full two, my extra 2D on to try and resist. And then um, I'm going to get one skill point as I basically rush in. So that's how the surprise attack works. Um, I, I succeeded in my awareness roll. They haven't caught me um, off guard. And we're going to jump then into the opening volley. And we're only going to do one opening volley. This is them as they're shooting, as they're kind of coming up to shoot at me. I'm kind of ex maybe expecting to be attacked here, um, then, but basically it's just a normal ranged attack. Um, I have a shield. No, I don't have a shield. I don't have a shield. Um, if I had a shield, then I would get a higher parry, parry rating, or uh, my parry rating would be higher for um, a volley. Um, yeah, if I'm aware of it as well. So... I don't have an opening volley to do because I don't have a ranged weapon, so we're just going to have each of them make a uh, make an attack with their bows. So we're going to hit click here on opening volley. We're going to start with, I guess, this highway robber here. So we select me as a target, and we're going to have this guy make an attack with his bow. Now the target number is 15 because that's my parry, but I'm actually going to make it two higher, 17. Because if you remember correct, if you remember, my parry rating goes up by two when I'm in a cramped position. So it goes from 15 to going up to two to 17. So they've got to beat a 17 to to beat me. I'm gonna make that roll. It's not enough. So the first highway robber. Oop, we're gonna go with uh, there. I've not gone. He's gone. Right, now we're going to go with this guy here, the Brigand 2. Um, he's going to attack with his bow. He's also got a target number of 17. And he's also failed. And Brigand 1. He's rolling with his bow. 
And he's got, oh, I did target number 15, but it's, it should be 17. It doesn't matter, he's failed anyway. So as you can see here, we've had target numbers of 17, 17, and 15, but it should have been 17 in the last one. And they've all resulted in a failure. So they've all shot at me, and they've all failed. That's the opening volley finished. Now we're moving into basically the, the, the normal combat. And for that, I'm going to, um, we're going to be moving into round one. I'm going to be changing my stance to a forward stance. And I'm basically rushing in, and I'm going to rush in towards this Brigand 2, who we're going to say is the kind of the closest to me. Um, so I'm going to move in, rush in, I'm going to engage with this, with this guy here, and I'm going to attack him. So we make him the target, and I'm going to attack him. And for this, I'm not going to spend any inspiration, I'm not going to be... Uh, using Balan's Council here to make my role favored. I'm rushing in with my axe, and I'm going to be basically trying to, to kill this guy. And I want this I want this to be over as quickly as possible. Um, but before I roll, what I want to look at is what the forward stance means. Forward stance means that I gain one dice to my attack rolls, but any close combat attacks made against me are also going to gain one dice as well. So this is really to try and get me as much advantage as I can to try and to try and beat this guy. Uh, I have a target number of 11. I've got three three success dice to roll plus one extra. So I'm hopefully going to be able to beat 11 with this. <laughs> and I do, but, um, you know, by the skin of my teeth, 13 is not a very high roll. And I do get a great success on that. I'm going to spend that Tengwar rune to do a heavy blow with my axe, which is going to grant... Um, extra damage equal to my strength rating. So, it's pretty much this guy's dead, right? I've attacked, their armor comes into play only for piercing blows, which this hasn't done. I'm reducing their endurance by a certain number. His endurance is eight. My axe does seven, I believe. My great axe does seven damage, and I'm adding, I'm using the heavy blow to add another seven. So I've done 14 damage to this guy. I basically killed him. So he's down. Uh, I think we do it like that. Status effect. Dead. Okay, he's dead. Right. I'm the target now for the other two. Um, Brigand 1 is going to try and shoot me again. So, uh, Brigand 2 is dead. Let's do that. Oh, we do it like that. Okay. <laughs> um, in fact, we'll go with we'll go with how it is here. Highway Robber's the next one to attack, so we'll have him shoot with his bow. Target number 17. And they've succeeded with a Tengwar rune. They're going to do a heavy blow and add 4 damage. So um, I double click on that, I believe. Hold on. No, I've got to do submit. Okay. So unfortunately they've managed to get a really good shot in. Um, they do 7 damage. Piercing blow. Oh, they rolled a 10. Unfortunately, it's also a piercing blow. So um, let's see if my endurance has gone down automatically. It hasn't. So I'm going to just keep an eye on that. But first, I'm going to be rolling my um, my armor, just checking that this is correct. So I get to use um, both of these, my helm and my mail shirt, against this. 
And as you can see here, I'm rolling four dice, and that's because I've got a protection level of three for my mail shirt and a protection level of one for my helm. Um, I'm going to spend a point of hope on this because I really don't want to um, be wounded straight away right at the beginning here. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let's see what happens. <laughs> An Eye of Sauron! I'm wounded. I've taken a wound. <laughs> oh my god. This is not good. Um, <laughs> so if you can see my protection roll here, um, I needed to beat a 14, which is the uh, the injury rating of the weapon, the bow that's being used. It's not a very particularly high number by any means, but I rolled 11 altogether, and that's because even though I had was rolling, rolling five dice here, four plus the one hope, <clears throat> one hope, I got the Eye of Sauron. The Eye of Sauron, of course, means that this counts as zero, but the 11 still count. Um, <laughs> I mean, this is really bad. This is really bad. This is not going well for me at all. So I'm going to make an injury roll. <laughs> it was going so well. It was going so well. <laughs> Another eye of Sauron. Um, just before I forget, there's there's two eyes of Sauron. Oh my god, this is terrible. Two eyes of Sauron means that this goes up another two, my eye awareness score. Because um, every time an eye of Sauron is rolled, the eye awareness goes up. Um, <laughs> so Boron manages to rush and kill one of the brigands. And the highway robber on his next attack just takes Boron down with a well-timed uh, bow. A grievous injury. I'm unconscious and dying. Now, this is interesting. Um, I'm going to say that... I'm not going to consult one of the oracles. Um, I'm going to I'm going to kind of go with my gut here and say that um, they're kind of surprised to see a dwarf here, kind of out in the countryside near their bandit camp, and they're surprised to see him creeping towards the tower, which is where we know that they have a a camp. So they stabilize his wounds. They tie him up, the two remaining um, brigands here, and they carry him back to their camp. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. I guess now there's a few things I could do here. This is, this is really putting me... Um, this is really putting me through my paces. <laughs> uh, I have, I, by the way, Boren is a very, very uh, capable fighter, but he's on his own against three three opponents, and he got two Eye of Saurons in a row on rolls that, um, you know, it's just the luck of the dice. You know, this sort of thing happens in role playing games. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna make a really interesting narrative out of this. So Boren is taken back alive to the bandit camp where he's going to be questioned about, you know, what he's doing here. Why, you know, why is he creeping towards the camp? How does he know about them? That sort of thing. Um, they're probably going to be um, a bit mean in how they're questioning him. So he's probably going to be tortured to an extent. Um, that's all going to happen off camera because I want to keep this, uh, this campaign, you know, PG. Excuse me. 
so he's going to be he's going to be interrogated by by the bandits and he's um <laughs> he's tough he's tough but i don't know how you know how far they're going to go they they might kill him in the end so um i guess we're going to go back to finolf <laughs> I'm racking my brain to try and think about what this means for Finolf and how he's going to. I, I don't want to. I don't want to make this too meta, but at the same time, um, it's a game, and I'm playing it on my own. And um, this isn't like Warhammer Fantasy roleplay. This isn't super grim necessarily. Um, I kind of want Borg to stay alive, mainly because I've spent a lot of time preparing him as a character. I think he's really badass. I think he's really cool. And I don't want him to be taken out like this in the first combat he, he comes against. I mean, this has been terrible, really. Finolf hasn't even had a chance to fight anyone, and he's taken he's been taken down, um, you know, by, by his travel role. And Borin goes down in his first, in his first combat. So... Um, in like round two, in round one, in fact, round one, he's he did his turn, killed somebody, and then in his second, in, in the second turn in the first round, he goes down. So really bad luck for these two. Um, and I'm just thinking that maybe Finolf waits a couple of like a day or two, and then he decides to he gets like a bad feeling potentially, or maybe something else happens. Maybe the the water spirit that he saw at Sarn Ford comes to him at the stream and gives him a warning that his friend is in dire need. And yeah, we'll go with that. We'll do that kind of shortly after something happens to Borin. Um, Finolf, Finolf sees this this creature, this this what appears to be a a woman come out of this like come along the stream maybe she's she's walking along the stream her feet are maybe in the stream and when he sees her she 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 simply says tarry not your friend is in dire need and then she turns around and starts to walk away and again slowly vanishes so finolf is is kind of being given some um some supernatural assistance in a way. This isn't Deus Ex Machina where, you know, someone's coming out of the blue. You know, we don't have Gandalf flying in and uh, rescuing Borden or anyone, but I'm giving Finolf a little bit of an opportunity here to to maybe be the hero of his story. <laughs> um, so I'm going to try and figure out what that means exactly for the next episode, I think. I think I might stop this one here, make it a bit of a short episode. Um, figure out what that means for Finolf. Figure out how I want to do his handle his injury his wound because he's uh, he needs time to recover for this he's definitely going to still be in a wounded state um, and effectively he could die if he gets a single wound going in so he's going to have to be really stealthy yet he's also wounded which is going to really make a, a dire impact on his rolling um, so he's going to kind of need every advantage at his disposal his endurance is also <laughs> God, I mean, he's in a terrible state here. He's in a really, really terrible state. Um, but he's also feeling responsible for Borin because Borin wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. And, you know, 
even though the odds might be against him, he's a he's a young chap. He's you know he's a bit reckless. He's thinking he can he can save the day that he needs to save the day. And he knows that he doesn't have much time because that's what the water spirit has just told him. It's going to take him days to get back to the Shire where he could potentially find someone. Um, he doesn't have any time to waste. He has to see if he can try and rescue his friend. So that's what I'm going to try and do. So I'm going to have a little thing about exactly what that means. I'm going to go over the rules again for how wounds work. Well, I'm pretty sure I know that already. Um, but just to make sure I'm not giving myself unnecessary advantages... <laughs> I'm going to be checking out his endurance situation. I'm going to be checking out his hope situation and uh, just see how well he's going, well or badly he's going to actually be doing in his rescue attempt or like how the odds are stacked against him. Um, and in fact, maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll do that now and just see if he can get to the bandit camp, if he can sneak up to the bandit camp. Yeah, so I'm just reading this and because of the type of injury that Finolf had a grievous injury. In fact, this goes for both Finulf and Borin. Um, by getting a grievous injury, they are knocked unconscious with zero endurance. So they're both at zero endurance. I should probably put that in. Um, Finulf has one endurance, which is already on, on his character sheet. He is at load 18, so not only is he wounded, but he is also going to be weary. Um... God. And the weary is because of his load. Uh, he could leave some stuff behind, but he's probably not going to. Um, the load is determined by his his sword, his mail shirt, and his shield. And there's no way he's going to be going in without his mail shirt, I don't think. Um, I mean, it, it doesn't make much of a difference anyway. So, maybe we can say because he's waited a day that he's maybe his endurance has gone up a little bit, but there's no way it's going to get up to anything near 18, because he's only going to be, while wounded... Um, endurance is recovered at a very slow rate. It's in recovered at, I believe, at one endurance per day, rather than at like the their strength stats. I'm just gonna check that very quickly. It's on page 71 of the core rulebook. Ah, so no, that's actually I got that wrong. With a prolonged rest, um, which is a single prolonged rest per day, so we can say that's what happened at the beginning where they were taking a quick rest. If you're not wounded, you recover all of your um, endurance points. Or if you're wounded, you recover a number equal to your wounded box. Uh, equal to your strength score. So his strength score is five. So he's going to actually have six endurance in total. Now we can look at here. If I say that he's going to drop his mail shirt, his load goes down to nine that's because he's got fatigue so it's six plus three so it doesn't really matter there's no way he's going to be okay so there's no way he's not going to be fatigued he still has the six endurance um his load is at 18 so he's weary right there's no way around that and i mean i guess i guess we can try this we can try the stealth roll he's got a three in stealth and it's a favored roll so there is a fairly good chance that he's going to be able to he's going to be able to do this, but really in everything else that he's going to be trying in his sword fighting, um, anything else, the odds are the odds are really stacked against him. He's really going to have to be able to ambush people really well, and um, yeah, I think what we're going to do is we're going to I'm going to stack things in his favor, 
I'm going to give him an additional. So let's do this for his stealth roll. There, he's going kind of following the the route that Boren took. He's experienced with stealth, um, so we already know that he's getting. Um, he's already getting like you know two. It's a favored roll. He's getting two feet dice to roll. However, um, one thing to pull out of this is that he also has the burglary distinctive feature. Um, at shadowy ways of getting possessions or accessing protected areas. So because he's got burglary as a distinctive feature, I'm going to spend hope to make this inspired. And we're also going to do the same the same thing here. We're going to give him one penalty bonus die. Um, or sorry, one bonus die because the terrain is easy for sneaking in. So he's going to be rolling six success die, and it's going to be favored. So really things are really going in his favor here. And this is the role I'm just going to be making. We're going to end the episode at the end of this to see how well Finolf does when he's creeping up on the camp where they've born has been taken. And we'll say, actually, he's doing this at dusk. Um, so he's waited through the day. He's had time to recover. If he's waited for the... Okay, so they arrived. We can say that they spent a day to, um, to rest. They spent another day of recovering, let's say, before he's going... And then he's waiting for dusk to go after Boren. So we're gonna, I'm actually going to bump his. Um, I'm going to bump his endurance up another five points just to make him a little bit more survivable because he's had two days to rest. All right. That does mean Boren has been in possession of the brigands for an entire day, though, of, of as well. So there is a chance that they, you know, the interrogation. Well. We'll see. We'll see. I'm, I think he hasn't died yet, but um, we'll see how well he's he's held out. So let's make this roll. Gandalf rune. Look at that. And you can see here that one, twos, and threes are white. That's because I'm weary. And when you're weary, the um, one, two, and three on your success dies don't count. So I got a great success, which is good, because I rolled a Tengwar rune as well. So I think we'll figure out that what, what that means, but really... I did very well here. Even though I'm wounded, even though I'm weary, um, I'm able to creep up onto the bandit camp where I know, where I've been told Boren is in dire straits and is in need of my help. So, <laughs> uh, before I forget, I'm going to quickly bump his uh, his endurance up by another five. So he's at 11 now. Um, it's still not great. I'm still not going to reduce my load. He's still, you know, wearing his mail shirt because he's going to need that if he gets attacked. Um, he's still got a shield. He's still got his his sword, and we'll see what you know whether I can roll better with him. Um, and hopefully, he's not going to get another piercing blow and and die on me. So, um, yeah, that was episode three. I was planning on recording two episodes at once today, and uh, as Boren was going to be making his way through the tower, uh, through this adventure site, uh, but alas, it has not worked that way. And, um, yeah, Boren has been captured. Finolf is coming to his rescue, even though he's in a pretty pitiable state. And uh, we'll see what happens in episode four. So uh, please let me know what you think in the comments. And uh, as always, if you haven't already, subscribe to the channel because it really helps it to grow. And if you like the video, go ahead and hit that like button as well. Thanks very much and catch you next time.